This podcast is brought to you by Villanova University on iTunes U. Please visit us on itunes.villanova.edu. Um, I want to thank Dr. Satya Patnayak for this opportunity. I also want to thank Joyce and UNIT staff for making this possible, and a special shout out to those members of my department who came out to support me. So um, the title of my presentation is Murgueros, Making Public Space Public in Buenos Aires. Uh, the research that I, the, that is the basis for this presentation was part of my master's project at NYU in the Latin American and Caribbean Studies program and incorporated field work in Buenos Aires, Argentina in June and July of 2010. So you may be asking yourself, who are Murgueros? What is Murga? So in a few moments, I will show you some clips and Murga will come to life, but I'll say a few words first. Most simply defined, Murga is a carnivalesque street practice. It's common in Argentina and in Uruguay. One Uruguayan scholar of Murga defined it as a sung chronicle that expresses a popular voice that through performances that recount significant events of the past year, treated with humor and satire, laced with singing social and political critique. So Murga first emerged in the 1930s and uh, has its origins in a specific working class neighborhood. It occupied a very peripheral position in society. Most middle to upper class porteños, people of Buenos Aires saw it as a distasteful spectacle, uh, an affront to a civilized Buenos Aires. And through, over time, especially dictatorships in 55, 66, and the most recent in 76, really decreased sp public space available for, for Murga performances. And by the late 70s, Murga was considered an artifact of the past until the 1990s. So Buenos Aires witnessed this reemergence of Murga and a widespread interest. In, as you can see, 1998, there were 42 Murga troops, which more than doubled by 2002. And when I went to Buenos Aires for my field work in 2010, the Murgueros told me that those numbers were pretty similar and uh, an additional 50 to 70 Murga troops had formed in the greater Buenos Aires area. So beyond this dramatic increase in participation, the vast majority of these new Murga troops represent a new generation of Murgueros. So they have selectively reappropriated aspects of traditional Murga and made it their own. One of the ways that they have done this is by bringing innovations in an aesthetic terms, by incorporating other artistic expressions like theater, um, by having more direct critique versus a more masked satirical humor, um, by organizing themselves in a horizontal way and having consensus-based decision-making versus having designated artistic or logistical directors um, and having a more hierarchical structure as was common in traditional Murga troops. They also tend to be comprised of young people from a lower middle class background and from various neighborhoods across the city. And they perform on a year-round basis beyond the season of Carnaval. So, these, the traditional Murga troops that I referred to from the 1930s to 1970s have also, also reemerged. And interestingly, now they receive an unprecedented level of public acceptance and institutional support. Through the combined efforts of older and newer Murgueros in 1996, they organized a march. And by 1997, the city of Buenos Aires deemed Murga and all carnival festivities cultural patrimony. So, it's mostly these traditional Murga troops that 
are featured in these official circuits of, um, of, car of Carnaval. So um, my field work focused on a case study of a murga troupe called Cachenga y Sudor. They're a good representative of this newer generation of murgueros. Um, they encompass all those characteristics that I just described. Uh, they're in their 18th year, which is actually a marker of longevity within this cohort of newer murgueros. So my field work included basing an ethnographic study, observation of their performances, rehearsals, meetings, social gatherings, in-depth semi-structured interviews and lots of conversations, and an analysis of song lyrics from about 10 year span. So ultimately my research was divided into two general findings. One that has to do with the doing or the performing of murga in public space, and the other that has to do with the experience of being in a murga troupe. For today's purposes, I'm mostly gonna focus on the doing of murga with this question in mind. Is there a relationship between the rebirth, reinvention, and proliferation of murga and the transformation of urban public spaces and neighborhoods in a neoliberal Buenos Aires? So we'll, through the course of this presentation, start to unpack parts of that question. So as promised, I have three short excerpts of performances by Kaching and Sudor when I was in Buenos Aires. And I invite you to ask yourself the following questions. What do you observe about how the murgueros occupy public space? How do they present themselves? How do they move and dance? And how do they interact with the audience? So Villa Lugano is a neighborhood in Buenos Aires. And I'll let you watch. That's one. Um, that was a daytime performance, of course. This one um, was a performance that took place at night, as you can see, in another neighborhood called Boedo. And in this one, they'll be singing. And so pay attention to how they do that.
Okay. And the last one, we're back in Vicia Lugano. Okay, so any feedback, any insights people want to share about what they observe it, uh, observed about the murgueros, how they are dressed, how they occupy public space, any initial thoughts? Don't be shy. Do they look happy or sad? Yes? It's very joyful and, and also affectionate. Like you see different Absolutely. Absolutely. Excellent observation. Any other? Yeah. They are having a really good time. So that actually brings us to the first theme. They embody festivity. How do they do this? Their colorful attire, their energetic movements, their playful attitudes, their smiling faces, and of course this upbeat music. The second theme is the intimacy that they try to cultivate with the audience. They do this by really trying to articulate the lyrics they're singing, acting expressively, maintaining a close pro physical proximity direct invitations to clap and dance. If you notice in that third clip, they, they actually say, like, now everybody's turn, and you can see people around them clapping and trying to get involved. And eye contact. Um, one of the murgueras um, really touched on this issue of the eye contact. We try to have a two-way interaction with the public through eye contact and by being really conscientious of their presence. What separates us is something imaginary and something really special happens between us and the public. We try to break down barriers because most things are one way like TV. People are used to being on the other side and it's difficult to overcome such habits. It can even be hard for some people to maintain eye contact with us. And the last theme I want to bring up is how they're moving in these very unrestricted, uninhibited ways, both their own bodies and around the public space itself. So these acrobatic movements, moving freely, in that second clip, I mean, they're occupying three lanes of a major avenue. When I was there, you know, cars were honking and it was like, but they were there. So um, one murga, murguera touched on this. Murga is a space for verbal and corporal expression, a space of liberation to let loose where the dancing is not regulated or policed. No one can say that's not murga. So this emphasis on the unregulated dancing, on the audience engagement, this is actually a key difference between this newer generation of murgueros and the more traditional troops that now in their participation in an official carnaval are much more focused on proficiency, on creating a show, on uniformity, whereas the newer murgueros are really emphasizing having a good time and doing it in your own way. So, Rebellion Alegre is a, um, a phrase that came up in how murgueros would say that they occupy public space. It translates to joyful rebellion, and it encompasses these 
three themes that I just spoke about, the festivity, the unregulated movement, and the um, intimacy with the public. And it's also reflected in their song lyrics. Um, I'll read the Spanish, you can follow along either way. Nuestra murga hoy comparte su pasión carnavalera. Pa' pelear con alegría nos calzamos la arpillera. Con tristeza nos te gana, con la fiesta hay que luchar. And arpillera is not translated because, and it's not the Chilean arpillera, it's arpillera of burlap, like burlap that makes up big sacks of potatoes or onions that were common in Argentina at one point. And it's Kaching and Sudor's attempt to make their troupe accessible to anybody who wants to join it because it's a cheap, inexpensive material to make their um, La Levita, which is that sort of coat that they're wearing with the, with the coattails. So <coughs> why is this important? Why this focus on Rebellion Alegre? What does this tell us about life in Buenos Aires and how these newer generation of murgueros might be trying to make an intervention? So. If we look at the emphasis on festivity, most directly tells us Mugueros are experiencing public space as lacking in this quality. In fact, within, I think, within 24 hours of going to Buenos Aires, I was told about la inseguridad like 10 times. So this is the term that refrain, refers to this collective fear of crime in the street. Like one of the Murgueras said, everyone talks about la inseguridad all of the time, everywhere that you aren't supposed to go out on the street, especially at night, and that you shouldn't carry anything with you because you'll get robbed. So this inseguridad, this is related to significant social changes that happened um, triggered by neoliberal restructuring in Argentina. So in 1989, Carlos Menem um, very dramatically instituted a bunch of neoliberal reforms, which as many of you already know, has to do with basically selling off anything the state owns, privatizing it, downsizing public sector, agencies, and, and social services. So in the wake of all that, there were a couple of things that emerged. An unprecedented impoverishment of the middle class, which for Argentina is one of its, the bastions of its narrative of Argentine exceptionalism, increased socioeconomic polarization, and record levels of crime, mostly theft, and so this inseguridad is related to those increases in crime, but really reflects something else. What Teresa Caldera, she's a Brazilian scholar, calls the talk of crime in mass media and daily conversations, which in turn constructs and reproduces and disseminates discourses of fear. And this is especially noteworthy given that even though these are record levels of crime, they are well below international averages. So a lot of it is that perception or that hype. So turn on the TV, this is one of the headlines that came up. Um, Atacan en Recoleta y en Microcentro. Los ladrones que nadie espera hacen lo que quieren. They attack. They do whatever they want. They're just thieves waiting for you everywhere. And Murgueros are very critical of this and the, the role of the mass media. People are afraid of everything, even of their own shadow. It is a serious issue. And that fear is transformed into a tool of political ma manipulation and people aren't aware. The media creates public opinion. People watch TV to figure out what to think and what to do. There, and as a troop, Kaching Suar is very critical of this talk of crime. En la pantalla dicen que la gente vive un triste presente que no puede cambiar. Te dicen que te quedes en tu casa, mirando el cielo raso en tu comodidad. Te cuentan las verdades que más te aplastan 
van generando desesperanza para que no salgas ni a respirar. So, the other aspect of what Rebellion Alegre points to in terms of what's going on in Buenos Aires is that, so that intimacy with the public, that unregulated movement, this relates to new patterns of spatial segregation and regulation, which are combined, is a combined effort of, or result of inseguridad and a neoliberal logic of privatization. So, um, whereas we may know gated communities here, this was a new phenomenon in Buenos Aires, the building of these um, barrios privados, which, were, which are a technique of status, of marking status, but also are new technique of self-protection and seclusion. Um, a crea mass creation of privatized and, and exclusive spaces behind guarded walls and fences, what Teresa Caldera talks about, fortified enclaves for shopping, for work, for other leisure. So this, all of this reinforces the supremacy of the private over the public and reinforces the notion that public spaces, streets, plazas, Sidewalks are dangerous leftover spaces that require fences for security and monitoring by specialized police forces, which this is a snapshot of a picture of a, of a billboard um, that I took in 2010. Um, Mauricio Macri, who's been the, the mayor of the city of Buenos Aires since 2007, in 2008, because of inseguridad, decided that he would create a special police force just for Buenos Aires. So this is appealing you know, to people to join that police force that the city needs you. So, as a result, public spaces have increasingly stopped being a territory of use and belonging. And Beatriz Tarlo is um, a well-known Argentine intellectual. So, Burgueros also spoke directly about these spatial transformations going on around them and what they observed about the impact on their, their lives in their own neighborhoods. Juliana said, I've seen a lot of urban luxury developments where there's 24-hour security, a doorman, a pool, and a plaza within the building complex. It's its own city, which leave people with no need to leave their cells and go to the public plaza. Patricia said, even when neighbors know each other well, they live indoors and stay more inside of their homes because of fear. And finally, Alberto, fear and inseguridad are disseminated by mass media and used by politicians as a political platform. For example, Mauricio Macri says that to have more seguridad, we have to invent a metropolitan police force. We have to have put in fences around plazas, but the plaza is a symbol of El Pueblo, where people meet and gather. Um, so where Kaching and Suad rehearses, they actually try to put up fences in that plaza. So this is a song that they wrote um, in challenging that and eventually they did win that battle not to have their plaza fenced in. But here we go. Ora, ahora hay más efectivos pa mayor seguridad. Ponen rejas en todos lados pa mayor seguridad. Hoy Cachengue va a contarles cómo es esto de verdad. 24 de septiembre, el nombre de nuestra plaza, la cuidamos, la queremos, porque es Esa es nuestra casa. Si siguen con este vicio de las plazas en cerrar, si enrejan la 24, que quilombo se va a armar. This is just for reference, map of the city of Buenos Aires. So the Murgueros um, rehearsed at, the, at this Plaza 24, which is the middle of three neighborhoods right here. 
Um, the, the performance they did at Night in Boedo is here. And then Yusha Lugano is out here. And the people who are part of touching into it come from all over the city. So we're back to that key question. Is there a relationship between the rebirth, reinvention, and proliferation of Murga and the transformation of urban public spaces and neighborhoods in a neoliberal Buenos Aires? I hope by this time you'll also agree, yes. And this was this my formal argument. <coughs> I argue that Murgueros and Kaching and Sudor have refashioned Murga as a means of reclaiming public space in the face of a pervasive climate of inseguridad, increasing regulation and fragmentation of urban public space, and a greater reliance on the, the private sphere. To make public space public, Murgueros enact Rebellion Alegre by embodying festivity and unrestrained movement, cultivating a sense of intimacy with audience members, and critiquing dominant discourses of inseguridad. And just a final few comments. Um, so why I hope my research is important is that it addresses the lack of scholarship on murga, especially murga porteña, which has to do with murga practice in Buenos Aires. Um, I recently submitted a paper to studies in Latin American popular culture, and I have to make some revisions, but when it is eventually published, it will be the first ethnographic study of murga porteña that will be available in English. So hopefully that will bring more attention um, and study of, of murga. And hopefully this research also sheds light on and attests the value of Murga as a vehicle for contesting neoliberal configurations of urban public space in Buenos Aires, particularly because artistic practices have been largely overlooked when you compare it to the piqueteros or uh, fabricas recuperadas and other new social movements that have been written about widely. And finally, if you want to contact me and would like the paper, you can do so because I work here. So that's it. I'll open it for questions.